Turn in your Bibles to Romans 13 and also turn to the back of your hymnals to page 933. We'll be only going over section 1 of chapter 23 of the civil magistrate. And let's read together Romans 13. Romans 13, we'll be reading together verses 1 through 7. This is God's holy and infallible word. Verse 1. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Let us pray. O Father, we we pray that you would bless uh, this, your holy word, and also bless uh, the confession as we understand, um, and we come to understand the gift and the purpose in you, uh, your giving us rulers And we pray that you would help us to honor those who are set over us and to pray for them. And remember your your hand is holy and sovereign. For we ask all these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's read um, chapter 23 of Civil Magistrates, section 1. God, the supreme Lord and King of all the world, hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him, over the people, for his own glory and the public good. And to this end hath armed them with the power of the sword for the defense and encouragement of them that are good and for the punishment of evildoers. Um, This is an important section of the Westminster Confession of Faith. And again, The key passage which we just read from Romans 13 informs this uh, to a great degree. The first thing to note is in section 1, it says that God is the supreme Lord and King of all the world. That's what the confession says. Um, There in your your notes I've included a a portion from Psalm 2, 8 and following. Uh, Psalm 2, 8 and following foretells how the father would give to his son the ends of the earth as his possession. It says there, 
Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. So those who he will break uh, are those who do not submit and do homage to the Son, according to verse 12 of that psalm. So uh, the confession here says that God is the supreme Lord and King, but we know that in Christ giving the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, he says, All power and authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then we learn later on in the book of Revelation um, and elsewhere, I think it's one of the places elsewhere, where it talks about the kingdom being handed back over to the Father. Um, so, but right now, it is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, who has been given all power and authority in, on heaven and on earth. And uh, it is appropriate to think of it when it says that Jesus Christ uh, is, you could say Jesus Christ, well, our triune God, you could say, is the supreme Lord and King of the entire universe even. Now, I, the reason I say universe is that his rule does not extend only to this earth. If somebody goes up into orbit and uh, they, they travel into space, God's authority still abides on them after they've left the planet because God created all things. He created the heavens, the earth, everything that exists. There's not one speck of this created order that is not under his authority. So it doesn't, you don't leave God's authority when you leave the atmosphere. Every speck of creation belongs to him and he reigns over it all. Um, I, I met a pastor once who was a convert from Judaism and uh, he was a reformed pastor actually. And uh, he pointed out that when the Jews often pray, um, they pray to God or to, uh, O Lord, O God, our Lord, King of the universe. I kind of like that. I don't know if you ever noticed that. I, I sometimes pray, um, God, King of the universe. And uh, that's listed there. And two, I footnoted uh, where you can find that. There's a website that has uh, some of the Jewish prayers. But here are two prayers uh, there's a prayer actually before drinking wine. Blessed are you, O God, our Lord, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And then another one, uh, before you uh, enjoy fruit of the tree, if, if you're eating some fresh fruit of some sort. Blessed are you, O God, our Lord, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the tree. Interesting little prayers there. So again, he's a supreme Lord and King of the world, but also of the entire universe. God, it says, hath ordained civil magistrates. Those who are in rule are ordained by God. Now, I know that some of you don't like our current president of the United States. And some of you think he's not even a, you don't even want to own him as your president. And instead of calling him commander-in-chief, you want to call him commander-in-thief. Because, you, you know, and, you know, you know there, are, there is some evidence. There is some evidence that there was some cheating involved. Now, let me ask you a question. Does nasty or dirty politics exclude one from being an ordained civil magistrate in God's sight? And the argument I want to give is from history. 
um, if you combine early and late Roman empires, 38 emperors were murdered or executed. 34 were killed by a sword or dagger. One was poisoned, three by other means, and 25 died by natural causes, which included disease. Only five died in battle. So the vast majority of the Roman emperors died by um, either execution or by murder. And often if they were killed in battle, it was because of civil war of some sort, because somebody else wanted authority, so they caused a civil war so that they could become the next emperor. And I believe Paul was very aware of the history of the Roman Empire, that there were a, a lot of notorious reasons why certain men came to power in, in Rome. But despite that notorious history, which is far worse than what we had in our recent election, um, he wrote in Romans 13 these things. Verse 1 and following, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. Now, considering um, our current president, who I believe and many other people believe that he's not competent to rule mentally, you might ask, well, what is God's reason why he would give us a ruler like that? Um, it might be for a future reform of some sort, for the better. Um, hopefully, we'll see something in the midterms. Um, hopefully, um, it might be something that is encouraging. Now, what about in other nations where they have far worse rulers? They have rulers who basically persecute the people. They have police who support the drug lords. And if you're in trouble and you need to call for help, how much help will you really get? Why would God allow rulers of that sort to reign over the people? Well, those, those are, you could say, uh, Deuteronomy uh, 29, 29, are the secret things belong to the Lord. But that which is revealed unto us belongs to us and to our children. What is revealed to us is the Holy Scriptures. Why God has allowed certain things to happen, why he has allowed certain people to come to power, is in his prerogative. But very often, when God gives an unjust ruler, it's also, it can very often be a discipline for sin. So when, when God gives unjust rulers, you might ask, well, what are the sins of the people? Why God would allow this to happen? I'm sure in America we could name a great many sins of the people of this nation, why God might allow us to have an ungodly ruler from time to time or an oppressive ruler or something of that sort. <clears throat> um, it says in section 1, um, when we pray for the future and we pray for civil rulers, we should pray according to section 1 that God would give us rulers who would be under him, over the people, for his own glory and the public good. That's the purpose of a ruler, to set themselves under God as Psalm 2 mandates. Civil rulers should prayerfully consider this. God has ordained them to serve in their various offices. Why? For his own glory. 
And it's interesting to think of that, even if you have a believer or an unbeliever who's in a particular office. God has a purpose why they're in that office, and you could say it's for his own glory. God calls all civil rulers to have authority, it says, over the people, yet for the public good. They're to be set over the people, to have authority over the people, yet at the same time for public good. This over the people uh, language here suggests that they have a due respect and honor. In the, and Romans 13 even says, fear for whom fear is due. There, you could say there's a, there's a wholesome fear of those who have a particular authority, especially, you could say, maybe a police officer. And if you're doing something maybe you shouldn't be doing, and then you happen to see a police officer uh, standing by, there may be the, the fear of discipline or the fear of um, you getting um, reprimanded might keep you in line. Um, so again, I, I do believe this this language of having a respect for those in office applies to those who are at the city, parish, or county, or state levels. It's not just those who are on national level that we might think of that's important. Holding a political office should be honored, especially when it's carried out um, with integrity. Pray to God that they would carry out their offices um, in integrity. God calls all civil rulers, it says, to have authority. Why? For the public good. It's not for themselves and their own self-promotion. It's not for them to, uh, to further a career. But the, f- the main focus, God ordains rulers, is for the public good. Um, if you look at that logo <clears throat> among the police, I don't know why this only belongs to the police, but on the police cars, you see it very often, probably throughout the whole nation, to protect and to serve. But it's not just the police. I, I know this, the, the, civil, uh, the other rulers, you could, uh, you could say, um, maybe a, um, somebody who works at the office who's a, the mayor of Pineville, or maybe somebody who works for the um, utility department or something, of, uh, things of that sort. They are there to serve as well. They're not, not there to protect, but they're there to serve. So it's not just the police who are there to serve. It's all government officials are there for the public good to serve. Maybe not to protect, but to serve. What's the major tool that these rulers use to carry out their duties? It says in section 1, it gives us a description of this tool. It says, To this end, um, God hath armed them with the power of the sword for the defense and encouragement of them that are good and for the punishment of evildoers. Let's look again at Romans 13. Romans 13, starting at verse 3. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. 
Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. Romans 13 says it, that God uses them and, and gives them the sword as that authority for the purpose of good. Um, I had a classmate, you probably, some of you might have heard this story, but I had a classmate, um, a young lady who was, uh, this was in therapy school, she was riding around and they had a guy stalking her. And he followed her for miles. And everywhere she went, he kept following her. And he, she said she looked in the rearview mirror and he looked kind of scary. And she was afraid what would happen. So she came up with an idea and she said, I am going to drive somewhere. And you know I'm going to drive? I'm going to drive straight to the police department. And she drove up to the police department and parked the car in the parking lot of the police department. That guy didn't want to keep stalking her at that point. I think that's a great and wonderful thing to have that. Not all countries have that. Not all societies have that level of protection. Not all societies have a dependable, faithful um, police um, force. And I think it's a tragedy what has happened in recent years of the disrespect and disregard and even almost hatred for police as if God's ministers for good are the ones who are evil. Yet it's instead more righteous to go and riot and to protest and to vandalize. But the minister for good is to be despised? You see how the things have been turned on its head because people depart from the word of God. It's terrible. Um, uh, the way that they are a protection for good, uh, Brenner recently uh, said that he had gunshots uh, in, over the weekend at his house. Well, he can call the police and ask them to come and investigate. Um, you have someone breaking into your house and you hear him bashing in at the door and the door's cracking. You can call the police and they can come to your house or you can try to defend yourself. But you, at least for those who don't have a way to defend yourself, you can call the police. But other places don't have that. And you know, I, I know that you need to have the way to defend yourself, but at the same time, in, um, you can get help um, in a short amount of time by calling for help. And the thing to do is not to take matters only in your own hand. Call the police and try to defend yourself is the best plan of action. Um, that is the best, not just one or the other. Do both. And hopefully maybe the police get there before you have to shoot anyone or whatever. Now, how does this power and authority of the civil rulers offer encouragement of them that are good? Again, it says there in verses, uh, verses 3 and following, the rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Um, do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same, for it is a minister of God to you for good. Even as a Christian, if you see a patrolling police officer or you see a parked police vehicle, you might have a second thought and want to look back at the speed limit sign. You might want to double check whether you had your seatbelt on. You might want to do other things that would encourage you to do things that are good and wise because you see the cop there. And 
I, I wish that <laughs> I wish that the fear of jail would keep more people from participating with illegal drugs. And sometimes there are people that think it's it's only a wicked thing to deal them, but to even go and buy them from somebody who's doing it illegally, I think, is a wicked thing as well. But there should be more uh, fear of the police, more fear of God's hand of justice in um, through the police force that would keep and encourage people not to go the way that they ought. I should have included a number four here. The way that God uses his law, you remember that there's three uses of the law according to Calvin. One, we have the schoolmaster. The law is given as a schoolmaster to show us that we're sinners and we desperately need Jesus Christ. A second reason why we have the law is that law has been given as a guide, a rule of life for even for the Christian, how we ought to live. In other words, what is sanctification? What does a holy life look like? Well, look at, the, look at what the Bible says, the Word of God says. What things should I flee from? Look at what the law says, the commandments. It's a rule of life for the believer. A third use of the law is the civil use, or the, you could say the use of the magistrate. It's to restrain evil. God has set up rulers and magistrates to help restrain evil. It wasn't uncommon for us to have the Ten Commandments posted in certain courthouses in the United States, especially more so in the South. But, you know, there are some who are wanting to um, fight in ACLU and other such organizations who want to sue different townships and cities to have them take down the Ten Commandments. But it's, it's appropriate to have the Ten Commandments posted in a courthouse. Because that is God's law. It's the moral law. It abides forever. And it is a rule to restrain evil. Once you ditch the Ten Commandments, you could have people rioting. And if they think it's a just cause, they don't prosecute them for murder if they're rioting. If they, the Scripture says, Thou shalt not steal. I think that also includes vandalism. Thou shalt not destroy another person's property. Do you think that there should ever be a just cause to throw bricks through windows and trash stores and, and pillage? The law is given as a guide, but it's also given to restrain evil. And that's what we need more so in our society. It's to enforce that third use of the law, to restrain evil, that civil use of the law. Um, Notice also, it says that rulers are ministers of God to you for good. Um, A minister is actually a servant. When you think of a gospel minister, that word for minister is actually servant. You're a gospel servant. At the same time, those who are in office are servants. They're there for the purpose to serve. And one of the beautiful things of the magistrate is God gives rulers and kings civil authorities as a picture of Christ. Christ came as prophet, priest, and king. 
So when we think of a king or a ruler, it should make us think of the Lord Jesus. Jesus is that one as a king. He subdues us to himself. He rules and reigns over us. He subdues all of his and our enemies. He protects us. He provides for us. And in that way, when we think of the civil rulers, we think of our blessed Lord Jesus. So when you, when you see someone serving in office, especially for those who serve in the police force, thank them and say, I thank God for you. And I think our society or wherever you live, whether it's Alexandria or Pineville, you can say, I believe Pineville or Alexandria is better because of your work. And thank you so much. You're a gift of God for us. But at the same time, even those who hold other offices, they are a, a gift of God, servants, ministers for our good. And that's why we pay taxes, but also, as Scripture says, we ought to pray for them and give thanks to God for them, that God would continue to give us a quiet and peaceable life, that he would preserve our safety, that we continue to have the rights to worship and to serve him and to be a part of a church where we have that freedom to do so. Let's pray together. We thank you, our blessed Lord, that you have given us uh, rulers for our good. And we thank you for that amount of reasonable safety that we have in our community here in Pineville, Louisiana, and, uh, and the, uh, some of the surrounding areas. We do pray that you would give wisdom to those who rule, Lord, that you would restrain the wickedness of our society, Lord, and we pray that the people of this um, of the state of Louisiana and the people of our nation, Lord, would wake up um, by uh, the work of your holy word and, and your Holy Spirit, that you would turn many people um, away from sin and selfishness and destruction and turn them to yourself through Christ our Lord and through his holy gospel. And Lord, that you would give us that peaceable life. But we pray that you would bless those um, who bear the sword, those who bear the power um, to execute, those who bear the power to defend with lethal force. Lord, that you would protect them in the line of duty. Lord, that you would give them wisdom in the line of duty. Lord, that you would give us peace in our society. Bless those who serve and help us, we pray, uh, to continue to honor them. And we pray that you would Help us to remember Jesus Christ ultimately as the, the Savior, the only Savior of mankind, that we would be submissive unto him and to his holy gospel. For we pray all these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's uh, turn for our closing hymn of 175, Your Law, O God, is Our Delight. Let's turn to 175. <laughs>